morning, good afternoon, and good evening to our listeners of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. We are on episode 74. It's me, it's Jason. Jason with his Sodi Pop. How are you doing over there? What's up? Yep. Uh, by the way, if anybody is listening to this and hears like a minor, like a little ringing in the background, uh, unfortunately, there's a fire alarm happening just like, you know, half a block away from here. There's not much we can do about that. Hopefully, it doesn't affect the, the quality of this recording. And hopefully, it will, uh, you know, either stop or and also have whatever ailment that building or facility has sort of... I, I certainly hope it's not on fire. And I certainly hope it's not a bank heist. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, for today, episode 74, we are going to be going over a genre analysis. This time around, we are going to be talking about the gourmet subgenre. Um, this is obviously uh, a long time coming. We've basically fascinated in, in the Rex Lyrical about uh, food, not just in real life, but also in anime and manga. So it's about time that we started doing a analysis of this uh, beloved genre for many, uh, particularly for, for Jason and I. Um, so yeah, before we do go into the genre analysis, though, there is something that uh, Jason and I need to do because we are going to be working towards our closet cleanup. Yes, uh, cleanup six is on the way. So that means that Jason and I will be spending a few minutes going over the potential list of choices that we have and then rolling the dice and seeing what we're going to be watching and reviewing for the upcoming episode of Anime Closet Cleanup 6. Yep, and that is because one of our future episodes essentially... The next one would be the anime closet cleanup. So we want to give you our picks that we get. And also, if you want to check them out beforehand and then hear what we have to say, well, now you will know. Yep. So, so we're going to, we yeah. don't know. Sorry, sorry. Well, yeah. uh, we, we don't know what we're going to get yet, but we do have a list as per usual. All the rules and all that stuff is on our website. You can Check it out, www.goodanimatepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. Okay. Right. So what's on your list and uh, of, of your potential picks? So my cleanup list from your list, uh, 86, Odd Taxi, Banana Fish, Fate Zero, and Count of Monte Cristo. Gankutsu, better fucking get it this time, man. Uh, but anyways, if you picked any of the other four, managed to get the other four, That'd be great, too. Isn't that what we always fucking say? It's not going to happen. And then yeah. from my list, uh, I get uh, Tsuritama, who I think is the fishing slice of life one. Yep. Uh, Space Patrol Luluko, Steins Gate, Senkaria, and Happy Sugar Life. Yeah. I think uh, Senkaria has been in there a couple times in the past and, as well. And I think for you, I yeah. gave it for you. All yeah. right. for Do you want to say your yeah. list? Or you On me- my side, I've got Akira the movie. About time I watched that shit. Cautious Hero Isekai, Servant X Service, or Servant Service, Spice and Wolf, uh, and XXXHolics. And then from uh, Jason's list that he's uh, ca- carefully curated for me, A Whisker Away, Alderaman on the Sky, Link Click Season 1, Humanity Has Declined, and Kokoro Connect. All right. So before we roll the dice and see our picks, uh, there's uh, things that uh, we just want to mention that is new going forward. The first thing that we want to mention is we used to pick eight total for each, and we used to have like a five cur limit. But we realized that uh, at the end of the day, that's a lot to watch. And I think that is also a lot to talk about within one episode. And we want to keep everything short and compact. So what we're going to do instead is to only have one show per 
part of the list. Yeah, so in other words, one from each owns uh, to watch list and the other person's to watch list as part of their cleanup. We're so, also going to be limiting them to a total of three curves as right. well. And I think, I guess, if you do get two doubles, you have the option to either keep the, that choice yeah, or, you, yeah. or, or re-roll. Like if I roll two series that are 24 episodes each, then but I, you can like cho- it? I can choose to stick with it. Yeah. Or you can choose which one to take away. I think at the end of the day, it's what we want to talk about and watch as well as informing you guys and being upfront about it. We'll update the rules on the website as well. All right, Will, do you want to roll for me, for you? How do you want to do it first? Let's roll for our own list. So do you want to go first or should I go first? Sure. Um, I'll go first. Yeah. So the way we have it is uh, we have five entries per list. We have a six-sided dice. Yes, we know the math doesn't check out. So basically, if you roll a one, it means you re-roll again. This may take a little time because... You know, who knows how the dice is going to roll, but uh, we will announce the picks as soon as the dice is rolled. Now, do you want to do both of mine's first or... or well, yeah, let's do let's do all yours. Okay, so I'll do from your list first. Okay. So 86, Odd Taxi, Banana Fish, Fate Zero, and Gonkutsu. Two. 86. No, 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 uh, Odd Taxi. Uh, oh, no, 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 you're right. Yeah. One is re-roll. Yeah. So I got 86. Yep, not bad. Mm. I, was, I was really hoping for... Count to Cristo, but again, like I said, it's not going to happen. But let's see what you get from your own list. You got Sankaria. <laughs> Sankaria, or how you pronounce yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, sure. A very interesting uh, pairing there. All right, so uh, let me just reiterate. The one that I got was 86, which I technically watched one episode, but hey, it's going to be an interesting show. I mean, I'll say the same thing, too. I technically watched one episode of Spice of Wolf, but that was like, four or five years yeah ago. and i think we're going to loosen the rules of what put gets put on there uncompared to before okay will you're gonna roll for your list first or my list first i'll go mine and then your list all right akira okay shit wow that was actually the one i wanted yo okay and then, and then uh, which, which one from my list would you want part of me is kind of um sussed out of like um Link Click, just because it's been super popular and you actually did watch season one. I think four, uh, I think Link Click and Kokoro Connect would be my top two picks. I personally don't want a Whisker Away. Not that I have, I mean, if I was to say. Kokoro Connect. Okay, there we go. So, that means... Wow, not a single one. Nice. Yeah. That means that in order of appearance on our cleanup list... Uh, from Will's list for me, it is 86. From my list for my cleanup is Sankaria. For Will's cleanup list from his list is Akira the Movie. And from my list, on Will's cleanup list, Kokoro Connect. We will be reporting on that, I think, the first week of Jan in the new year. Yes, we'll be doing that. Yeah. So, anyways, guys, there's also another thing I forgot to mention. Uh, Happy Boxing Day. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. Um, Merry Christmas to everybody around the world. And, fucking, because, or, or Happy Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, whatever, yeah, okay. whatever holiday you guys uh, celebrate. Festivities. Okay, so let, let me be up front. Because obviously, the, when we're releasing this on Boxing Day, Will and I are not going to fucking record on Christmas Eve or anywhere near there because we'll be with our families. And we'll probably be hanging out, being drunk out of our minds anyways. But... Uh, that's why we're recording this in advance. So sorry to disappoint all y'all, but yeah, 
Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas. On to the main discussion topic. So, it's been a while that we've talked about gourmet. I know that we've waxed lyrical about uh, this genre, uh, this this wonderful medium uh, when it comes to uh, anime and manga. So, I think, like always, we can maybe sort of go over a little bit of a definition as to what the word gourmet means. Because I think that, you know, whilst it's not vastly different, there are, like, you know, slight differences in terms of what the word gourmet means in terms of the the dictionary definition as well as what the weep definition is. Yeah, because this time around, there is a difference. So, um, we use the Merriam-Webster dictionary for our dictionary definitions, I think a lot of people do either that or the Oxford dictionary. Yeah. So the word gourmet means of relating to or of being a high quality, expensive, or specialty food, uh, typically requiring elaborate and expert preparation. So when you're talking about like fine dining, like you're talking about like hot cuisine, or you're talking about um, anything that's Michelin star rated, a bourgeois, yeah, yeah, uh, of the the bougie stuff, yeah. But, but that that's not the case in, in anime and manga. So, of course, there are a lot of definitions, I guess, or v- like variations of what you would consider gourmet or food anime and manga. But we're going to use uh, the site that we always use, My Anime List. And they actually, this time around, I think recently, with their implementation of themes and tags, they actually define what these are now. So it is a bit wordy and lengthy, but I think that the genre definition in of itself is an interesting talking point. So my anime list defines the genre gourmet as preparation and consumption of food or drink and takes focus in gourmet stories and the narrative designed to feature numerous different dishes or beverages. So they also make another note. They say that the characters are often chefs or food connoisseurs and special attention is given to all steps in the cooking process ranging from detailed description of uh, recipes to uh, often over-the-top reactions when tasting the finished product. And gourmet is usually uh, double-tagged, and we actually think that that in of itself is a very interesting talking point. So it, it will only be used when it is focused on food and drinks when interacting with multiple parties or organizations or workplaces this is specifically yeah when we're tagging gourmet along with workplace that does exist in the mal uh entry list yep and they mentioned two other kind of side things i think is also very important they said that the gourmet is not just about food and cooking but also includes drinks and the reason is because uh, the gourmet was elevated to a genre, according to my anime list in, in their database, due to the high prevalence in Japan, but lesser awareness in the West. So it that, I think, was rather interesting because, I mean, Will, I think a couple of weeks ago, we went to a Japanese cocktail bar located in Hong Kong. And the only thing I can describe it as is think lost in translation or like a hotel like where the 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 waitress or bartenders they all wear tuxedo suits oh like in the shining yeah it shines so bright yeah so um in in terms of you know the the definition of gourmet and why it also includes drink it's because it kind of encompasses a culture that Japan has towards the consumption of food and beverage. It, it, it's it's it, it's actually like crazy how many like 
food related pro uh, TV programs there are in Japan on a daily basis. The fact that like whenever I traveled to Japan, I mean, I was in Japan like five months ago and anytime I turn on the TV, if it wasn't like sports, if it wasn't like news, it was a food show. Yeah. And I think a lot of Asian countries, Hong Kong included, tends to have a lot more focus on these types of travel travel logs, travel shows where they grab either celebrities or kind of presenters and kind of whisk them away to kind of advertise certain places. I think for a long while back in the day, it was all about Japan. I think now there's a mixture of places like and Korea, Korea, Thailand, Taiwan, India. Like it's like in Asia, it's it's massive as a culture. Not to say that it doesn't exist in the West. Definitely, there are a lot of uh, TV shows now, especially that are on Netflix, that are very like food centric. But I think that it it's a bit nitpicky, but it's a bit different from calling it a gourmet focused kind of show simply because i think when it comes to featuring food at least from a western standpoint the the food itself is the main focus whereas when we're talking about gourmet we're talking about the overall experience when it comes to someone consuming a beverage they've never had before or tasting like the most delectable of like hometown delicacies or like a dish that has historical and cultural significance that's like when you get the expressions and the reactions coming out from people who have consumed these products it's usually like what encapsulates the audience like you know when you eat like barbecue ribs from snows down in texas or you have like poblano uh mixed in with barbacoa tacos down in mexico city you what? know they're going to be amazing oh uh, right? what's that sub rest like a uh, subway like sub sandwich restaurant in chicago oh it starts with p oh i know what you're talking about um porcini no porcini that's that that's that's a mushroom you, you can keep talking i'll look it up okay um so that aside i think another thing again will and i both being asians living in asia and being very biased towards that there is a lot of cultural tendencies when you eat kind of like umami foodgasms type thing that I think definitely is prevalent now in all over the world that is less explored back then, like even like recently, much less frequent in kind of uh, creative arts and mediums. And I think one of the things that remember, Will, there is a, a Stephen Chow, a cooking god, uh, Six yes, Sun, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's kind of like the first IRL kind of movie, com like comedic movie that I know where the guy takes a bite out of a food and like all of a sudden he's like walking on the beach. It's a sunset and it's like how that is like a foodgasm. And, uh, and umami obviously is a Japanese term that now a lot of, you know, very fine dining people or a lot of foodies would use as a descriptor. Um, in terms of like the, the sandwich shop that you were talking about in Chicago, I can't think of one that begins with a P, but um, the, one of the ones I can think of immediately is uh, the beef. No. Because it, it's featured on the bear. Because that's the one where they dip the... Oh, the the, the, the French dip? Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I can't. I can't think of it. Uh, okay. Uh, I feel so, so sorry for my Midwestern uh, compatriots because... I remember an establishment, I think, in the Chicago area that is very well known for their kind of like French dip sam like sub sandwiches. But anyways, well, uh, porcinis, I think, something like that. I don't know. Anyways. So Portillo's? Portillo's. I think that might be it. 
Um, I said portobello just now, like portobello mushroom. So I guess I wasn't that far Not off. far off. All right. But enough about IRL food. Let's talk about the 2D food and the gourmet genre. So again, this is now not only including food itself, but also drinks. And I actually think that's awesome. And there is actually a decent amount in anime as well. But let's talk about why this genre is a big deal. Because I think in the pantheon of animes and mangas located on my anime list, there is, I think, roughly a hundred-something animes that are considered gourmet. And I think there are like, I think, 400 that are considered mangas, like gourmet mangas. And that, in the grand scheme of things, is extremely small. Yeah, 439 for gourmet mangas, and then gourmet animes. 162. 162. So, in, in, in like, let me put this in context. Let's just take action. Action anime, 4,977. Even horror has 544. I think, actually, other than, like, boy love, girl love... And even then, Boy Love has more than Gourmet listed, okay? That's just how it's niche. niche. But, and I think the manga is, is kind of the same proportion. However, I would argue that Gourmet, in terms of being in the zeitgeist, is almost very welcomed in almost all, like, tastes. I think the reason why is the fact that, like, when there is something that's so popular you have to do so much extra to be able to get yourself to the forefront whereas with gourmet it is meant to be simple it's meant to be comforting it's meant to be relatable therefore there's not much need for people to be pushed content that's solely focused on gourmet whether it be food or drink i think the relatability part is the part that is like probably why people watch and love the gourmet genre in the first place. So, so wait, wait, why would it be relatable, Jason? Will why, why would this gourmet stuff have anything to do with the average anime, uh, watcher, reader, enjoyer? I think that well, first of all, like we need to eat to survive. Wait, right, and not, not just that too, but like beyond that, it's not just for survival. We no longer live in an age, at least for the most part of the world, we don't have to be like scrambling for food where it's like we're being chased by predators and we have to hunt for our food now we're living in a world in a modern world where it's a little more accessible and a little easier for us to just basically have a hot a hot meal ready for us to eat so that's why like when it comes to talking about food in general it's not just the fact that you need to fill your stomach it's also the need to be satiated it's also the need to feel comfort when you're eating something at the very least if you're eating something to be full at the very least, you hope it'd be tasty. Yeah. I mean, n- n- almost none of us, at least to my knowledge, can ever be sorcerers, uh, you know, like, you know, doing like spirit exorcisms or, you know, be in a family where you are like in a spy organization and have a kid that's telepathic and a wife in, in name only that is also an assassin. But you need to eat. You know what it feels like to eat good food, hopefully. And you know what it probably is like to cook food or even difficulties 
And it's very easy to know when you're full or hungry because you have to go through that cycle literally every day. So that kind of relatability, that appeal of it at least is instantaneous. Then the, there's there's an additional element to the relatability that I wanted to add as well. Mm-hmm. That a lot of people who tend to watch anime or watch any sort of TV show, especially if we're let's say we're grown ups, we're not talking about children here, right? You're either you know a, a college student that's you know living out in a city or a town far from your hometown, so you don't have access to like your mom's cooking or like the local diner you go to, or you might be a businessman that like literally tries to basically fit in a like a thirty minute lunch spot or be able to scram for a dinner when it's like nine o'clock at night after you've worked overtime. And being able to like a, a lot of the shows that I watch. And I've and some of the manga that I've read before as well are reflective of that. It's 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 sort of like that pursuit of happiness in the short amount of time you have, where something so simple as a hot meal or just you know a, a quick sandwich can be so enjoyable during your day. And being able to watch that or read that on screen or paper is something that people can find relatability and comfort in. I think that that's something that is is probably like I think in my opinion. A part of the relatability that 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 people tend to miss, right? I mean, there's a reason why like mukbangs were such a big thing because a lot of people who watch them tend to you know eat on their own, and so they turn on the laptop, watch someone eat along whilst they're eating their own food. Yeah, there's a, there's. I a mean, there's why- a social commentary behind that, but we're not focusing on that here. We're focusing on the fact of being with company or the sensation of eating it's something that is not just to be enjoyed on your own but also to be shared as well exactly and i the other thing speaking of that is variability of course you can say so many things about so many different genres but gourmet is none different as well there is so many different cuisines a cultural identity associated with food as well as preparation the fact that there is a gourmet anime that's focused on only bread is insane and have it be good right there's ones that are just focused on desserts there's ones that's focused on seafood there's ones that are focused on fine dining and then there's also ones that are focused on your local diner your mom pa shops the fact that you have in such a small sample size like you said if we're just talking about anime alone 162 series you can cover such a broad spectrum is why people like watching this drummer the fact that with such a small size you still have choice and lots to choose from to begin with i think that that's why it's not hard to get into the gourmet genre i also think another thing that gourmet anime and manga has an edge compared to let's say live action right because everyone can at least imagine a live action series that involves food because it's like right in front of you in the camera or on the screen with anime unless if it is done deliberate to show a lack of quality a lack of skill you can make it as quote-unquote picture perfect as you want the food to look i mean in asia or in i think a lot of places there's a there's like a, a saying that the camera eats first you know people who take photos of their food or how plating and presentation in a lot of michelin star restaurants or even normal mom and pop restaurants where presentation and plating is so integral to kind of the the aesthetics the the vibe nowadays that anime can kind of make it look as perfect or as intended as the creator or mangaka 
or the animators want it to be. Yeah. And they cut a lot of the fluff out too, right? When you're when you're going to like a fine dining establishment or a restaurant that you know serves really high quality food, you never really see like the behind the scenes, like what actually happens in the kitchen on how food is prepared for you to be able to present that perfect dish for you, like how your vegetables are all cubed and linked the same dimensions, how your meat is cooked to the right tenderness and the right doneness that you've asked for, how your seafood that was literally hauled out from the ocean just hours ago is now freshly cut into sashimi right in front of you. Yeah, I mean, you can you can watch a lot of these chef's table food documentaries, right? But on the other hand, you don't have to... because Look, I'm not saying that Michelin star chefs or, or any chefs of any caliber will always mess up or never mess up. But, hey. Mistakes happen. Mistakes right? happen. Sometimes outside of people's control. But with anime. More often than not, you, you're, 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 it's flawless execution. Yeah, because it's whatever the animators decide it to be. Of course, you can say, oh, the aesthetics and the art style. Yes, of course. Yeah. But you can say exceptions for literally anything that we're saying. But nonetheless the power is really placed on the creators the animators and you don't really have to have that drudge of well we have to like procure the ingredients we have to find it or we have to do like you know like all these commercials where they use fake food or they glue I think there there's like the ones where like oh I, I I do those advertisements and that thing that they do with the pizza actually we bolt the pizza so it doesn't leave or yeah. hey that 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 food looks a certain way because it's done intentionally and actually you can't eat that people for just pretend to eat it yeah it's foley work that kind of thing well along the same lines uh the gourmet genre you don't have to worry about all of that stuff because it will always look as intended by the animators, and you don't have to worry about like the cleanup or whether it's fresh or not because you can't even eat it. But it's food for the soul, right? It's comforting, right? Yeah, and and I think like with the, with the comfort part too, that's something that especially with anime, and I'm not discrediting live action either. I think with anime, it definitely helps to accentuate the comfort and the the the, the soul healing element of consuming food. And I think that the number one thing. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but the number one thing that is obviously the most comforting to watch an anime character eat is ramen. I think ramen is not only popular because of the fact of how delicious it really is, but the fact that when you watch people eating ramen in anime, oh boy, that's a fucking delicious bowl of ramen. Yeah. I think, dude, the amount of Naruto-themed ramen shops there are around the world just because Naruto loves eating Ichiraku ramen, fuck, dude. Like, it looks fictional as fuck, but I want to eat that bowl of ramen too. And no place I've been to has been able to recreate it. I mean, even... Uh, yeah, I mean, let's not talk about uh, none other than Kaguya-sama Love is War Season 1. There is an infamous... And not actually... Infamous implies that it's bad. There is an extremely well-known and awesome sequence about chica going to a ramen place i mean love and love is war has done like an ad spot for cup noodles in the past yep so like it it, it goes hand in hand uh the breakfast scene in a raise and i think this also ties into a lot of the, the food portrayals in studio ghibli as well when it's like it's just a plate of eggs it's a sausage toast maybe a little bit of a salad on the side but it looks so fucking comforting 
whenever they, they cut into the yolk or they eat like that first bite of bread. Oh, God. Like, I, I already ate. I still want to eat thinking about any breakfast scene in any anime. And we didn't put this in the docket, but I just realized Makoto Shinkai also, like Garden of Words. Yes, yes. Um, Crossroads, that commercial, also had very good, like, food rendering scenes. Yep. I, I think Makoto Shinkai, uh, I think also in Weathering With You, had like a like a salad preparation thing. It's just always done so well and perfect because it is fictional, so you can literally control all the parameters. Did you ever watch um, the Doraemon movie where they go back in the past and they're in prehistoric times? Yes. Do you and remember that scene where they pop out these eggs and they open up the egg and it's just like, it's a hot bowl of ramen. It's a plate of like curry rice. And I'm like... I want that egg. I want whatever's in there. Holy fuck. And, and like, a, it, this is like a 20-year spoiler alert, but then they meet like a cave, an actual caveman from that time, and, but they can't communicate, so he has to eat this like piece of food that allows them to communicate because Doraemon has that ability. Yeah. And he's like, wow, that tastes really good. And I'm like, bro, you're missing out, son. But yeah, I remember that have movie. You, have you ever had Cheetos? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever had a burger? You know. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so it's like, uh, it, it's great, I think. And also, here's the other thing that we, we will mention later on. It's versatility of the gourmet genre. Because gourmet actually, as a genre, yes. But gourmet tangent, right? Look at One Piece. Who is the chef at one in One Piece? Yeah, Sanji cooks up a fucking like, mean meal. We'll just mention Naruto. There's... Ramen is like a small portion of the entire pantheon yep. of of Boruto and Naruto. Yeah, everybody out there who has a food channel has tried to make Ichiraku ramen or recreate it. Yeah, or like how I think Sasha from AOT. Yeah, yeah, with potatoes. Yeah, like it's. I mean, I like a good baked potato. Like it's not gourmet, or you would consider food anime, but. That's the crazy thing is that it's it's the range that gourmet has where you can either go for something super simplistic, super traditional, but it also allows for you to go for the more creative and more fantastical elements in there as well. Yeah, I like I wouldn't say any of the shows that we just mentioned like literally just now is considered gourmet anime or At manga. All. I mean like the fact that you even tag gourmet in Naruto like I'll slap you. <laughs> but if you literally Go to YouTube and like type in like I don't know anime food like clip like ten hour clip and then it's flavor of youth on repeat or whatever. But that one's an actual more food oriented. But even then, it's like tangentially related, right? It's I wouldn't consider that a gourmet anime manga. But when you connect it with food, there are so many different genres that it cross pollinates. So we're trying to focus on the like, gourmet. Yeah. Before you even go even further, I just typed in Naruto ramen in YouTube, and there is Ichiraku ramen from Naruto anime with Alvin. This is under the Babish Culinary Universe YouTube channel. There is also uh, Doobie Doo Bop, who is how to make Naruto's favorite ramen. There is Champ's Japanese Kitchen made the ramen from Naruto. There is Google Foods. I made Tokotsu Misa ramen from Naruto. It's epic. There is Zach Choi ASMR, who does an ASMR Naruto ramen mukbang. There's so many ramen based on Naruto, and Naruto's not even close to being a fucking gourmet anime. Yeah, so it it, it is one of those things that because it is so relatable, and also let's not forget, literally anyone can cook. You can be a bad cook, you can be like a beginner, you know, or like an amateur cook, but you can cook. You can actually do the thing. Know. Have you ever watched America's Worst Chefs? Can they cook? No. No. Can they do the act of cooking? Someone yes. tried to cut a, 
avocado in half with the pit. That's how bad it got. But would you count that cooking? I suppose. I suppose. I mean, like, listen, we have to give them the humongous benefit of the doubt. And the fact that you even managed to slice through a pit with a knife, like, that's amazing. That's a rock hard pit from an avocado. But anyway, that's what she said about me. But look, hey, my my bad. Um, I, I guess in terms of like the fact that, you know, when you're talking about how it's it's a simple skill really to get into, but the ceiling is so high that. There are also like a lot more shows nowadays that have that kind of edutainment element to it as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Where it's not just showcasing the food, but also showing the process of how the food is broken down, how the ingredients are procured, how everything is marinated and crafted into what one considers what one could consider to be the perfect dish. Yeah. And there's anything from like from farm to table, like, you know, that kind of thing, or, you know, chef's table that a Netflix documentary series on chefs, right? But okay, you'll be like, Jason, I get it. Food porn, foodgasm, but that's IRL. What about edutainment in anime and manga in the realm of gourmet? Well, you have plenty because it could be as little as just watching cute girls cooking and you learn a thing or two, or it could be all the way to the most elaborate fictional Iron Chef battle, and yes, we will talk about it. We cannot not talk about Shogugeki no Soma, but for now, for now, it highlights the fact that you can literally learn and actually enhance your skills as a chef or as a connoisseur of food, just knowing about more knowledge. And anime is kind of like a very good edutainment media in my opinion no it it definitely displays the its versatility within uh the the anime and manga sphere like we talked about how to grill your love right yeah and we will talk about for recommendations again but i learned stuff through that because you know i didn't know that much about grilling or there are certain things that i thought was just kind of a a no-brainer but actually is more intricate or you can do certain tricks right but then all of a sudden you have Dungeon Meshi that you will never cook a griffin meat or like make you know, slime jerky and make slime jerky. But you might learn how to dry meat that like the, that process. You might learn how to use salt to your advantage in, in, in at least keeping meat, you know. I mean, that's how they did that in realist, how realist rebuilt the kingdom. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, they, they also talked about how like, hey, uh. You made all this wheat. Why? Oh, because it's a, it, it, it's it's a, it's a high priced stock. Yeah, but now we have a, a plethora of it. We actually have an overstock. Uh, what do we do? Let's make bread. Let's make that bread. <laughs> oh, and then, and then sell it and then make money. Oh, sweet. Okay, cool. Done. Yeah. But again, it's like what we talked about just now was legitimately just like displaying the the breadth that gourmet has in terms the of breadth. Yes, I, I I chose that specifically. Okay. Uh, in terms of like what gourmet can do in terms of being a standalone genre or being in conjunction with another genre and there's nothing more bombastic and insane than throwing shonen into food and creating into the mix and throwing in the you know the the most iron chef of all anime food wars i think that was pretty much like yes there were a lot of shows beforehand but like when you talk about gourmet Nothing is bigger than Food Wars. If you look at gourmet anime on my anime list right now, there are, I th- I think there are the five seasons 
plus like I guess a couple more OVAs. So in other words, like at least eight something animes out of the hundred and sixty something animes are just Food Wars alone. Okay. If we want to talk about the most popular, right? Well, by I mean mem- that that's by, by default already. By, by members, it is Shokugeki no Soma, Shokugeki no Soma season two. Shokugeki no Soma season three, Shokugeki no Soma season four, season five, and new. Uh, I think it's like one of the um, uh, specials they had. Right, and I think there are like a couple of more specials like down, like later ranked. Right, but clearly within that space, it's Food Wars being the the, ra- the, the reigning champion, and of course, we cannot not talk about. It. So we are going to talk about it here. To the Iron Chef, let's go. So, well, we are not really going to, at least for me, how I envision the Shogeki no Soma section is not only to talk about the anime. We're not really going to talk about the plot points and all that, even though I watched all of it. But I think it's more of just how interesting of the Iron Chef genre, the battle shonen genre of food and in Shogeki no Soma, how many how many seasons of that did you watch? Uh, I watched four. I didn't watch the last one. So, oh, so you watched four <laughs> seasons? Yeah, four seasons of it. So you watched all the way past the train arc. So, in other words, um, did I tell you to not watch the last season? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good thing. I, I you you followed my. I orders. also read up on Wiki. It's like, yeah, no, I'm not watching. This. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just read what happened in the, uh, the anime. Yeah, I think Wikipedia. you. I think you're better off doing that, in my humble opinion. Um, but. I mean, there's a reason why it's a 7.3 as opposed to everything else. I really like Shogugeki no Soma. Uh, I'll be honest. Is it perfect? No, it isn't. Like, I'm far from it, but I really dig it. And I think that in terms of, like, anime that have, like, tournament arcs, you would be insane to not put it, put words in the top five. I mean, we didn't talk necessarily all that much about the food, food wars yeah. in our tournament arc discussion. But I think it was because we almost felt like we don't want to. Just like how in the gourmet genre, for our recommendations, we don't mention Food Wars. But that's also partly because you are going to watch it, or you have watched it, or you don't even want to watch it. Like, you, you just don't care about Shogeki no Soma. So it's kind of like a no-brainer in that everyone has already made their decision already. So we're not going to bore you with our takes other than this section alone where we just talk about it. And I think in terms of marrying the shonen genre, making it appealing, not only from the food, but the format, and for the most part, the storyline and making it bombastic as well as it being educational, I think it rides all of those lines fairly well. I don't think it's perfect, of course, but I don't think... Oh, there's definitely a lot of flaws with Food Wars, but... like. You put those flaws aside and you just focus on the food itself, like less about the wars, more about the food, the presentation of dishes, the actual like showcase of skill and preparation going into dishes. And not even that, too. Like there are specific like arcs where it's just like focused on training. And part of that training is not just cooking, not just presenting, but also getting your food. Actually oh, harvesting like the early section. Actually yeah. harvesting vegetables and knowing what herbs and spices to match with a certain meat. Or if a meat is too gamey, how do you kill off the gaminess? Or if you want to accentuate the floralness of a hibiscus flower, then what kind of roots or what kind of ingredients do you mash in there to be able to 
bring out a new flavor. I think one of the other things that in Food Wars that I really like features one of the main female protagonist, not the female protagonist, but the I mean, sidekick, yeah, Megumi, yeah. right? And she goes to do her, let's say, internship. It's like sort, sorty or sorte. A, a, a sorte, yeah. yeah. And she was tasked with essentially washing dishes. This not this not. I'm trying to be as spoiler free, but she notices something just by washing dishes, and it's not like some far fetched bullshit. Like it's actually quite interesting how just by observing certain things like that, she was able to maximize a certain dish where she actually has zero contribution in in cooking, and those are the things that isn't necessarily fantastical or absurd. Yes. And, but in that situation, it was at least an example of how something can cause and have an effect, positive or negative, on the food that is being cooked alongside you, but you have no nothing in the cooking process. I think it's to do with sauce. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just say that. Um, and I think also like the monkfish. Well, that was a that was a cool ass episode. I liked that episode a lot. And. The preparation there was extremely good. Like the prep in terms of what was needed, what was shown. The presentation of it was done in such a way that will I ever need to debone a monkfish? Probably never. But it's interesting. And I did learn something. I I would be massively surprised if you were able to get your hands on an actual like monkfish. Because those things are massive. And they're ugly as fuck. But they're delicious. Right. And their liver is deli- delicious, oh, dude, too. Monkfish liver is so fucking underrated. It's so good. Yeah. I try to get more people onto it, but it's like for them, they just can't get over that kind of like that that sea, like irony, gamey flavor. And speaking of different cuisines and cultural identities, when you add in kind of typical Shonan carbon cookie cutter archetypes, you allow for like, oh... That is the scary lady who is into umami stinky food. Yeah. But also has her time to shine. This person is into grilling. This person is into meat. This person is into vegetables. Ramen we talked about, right? All of those things are spoilers and non-spoilers at the same time. Because what else what else are you expecting? There's gonna be a seafood one probably. There has to be. Yeah, look, I think with like with with food wars, it might not be the first in the gourmet genre, but it's definitely the pinnacle in terms of being on everyone's top list when you think about food and anime. And I think in terms of all of the genres offerings, I think Shogu Gekino Soma is of course because it's the shonen one, right? It's the safest choice, but I think it's also a very good choice nonetheless, yeah. right? But this is also an example of where food is like the main thing in the forefront of the genre, right? Because yep. a lot of times when we talk about like gourmet, it on its own, it, it's quite tough to be like the the main carrying force unless like it is the sole genre tag when you start adding it into other other series have some elements of gourmet and it might not be at the forefront but you know damn well when you watch a series whether it be a drama a romance a comedy uh, a, i guess a horror and sometimes um you might have a memorable 
food scene or gourmet scene. Yeah. And I think that, again, plays into how versatile the usage of gourmet is, not just as a standalone genre, but, you know, in conjunction with other genres that exist under the umbrella of anime and manga genres. I think within the realm of, like, hybrid genres and cross-pollination, gourmet can be inserted into any genre and have as large or as small of an influence on it and still put a positive impact on I mean, the anime. Can you can you name like two gourmet isekais? Yes. Yeah. And one of them we're going to recommend, but yeah. Yeah. Can you name any like sports anime that also feature any like an- I mean, uh, you, uh, yeah, I mean uh, you, you uh, probably could, but you know, uh, shown in action, there's already a lot. Romance. A lot of times whenever there is a romance, you know damn well there's going to be a date where they go to a restaurant and eat food and the food's going to look fucking amazing. Yeah, or they bake cookies. Come on, guys. That's also cooking. Okay, it's baking, but it's still preparing food, okay? That works, right? Right? Yeah. You make yakisoba and you see that at a shrine festival. That's pretty dope. Takoyaki? Dope. Yeah. I think, like, you know, to sort of like round up the first half in talking about food and drink under the, 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 the gourmet manga, the gourmet genre umbrella, I think one thing that everybody talks about, and I think we might want to talk about a little bit more in depth before we round up uh, the first half of this recording, is visually food in anime manga does not lose yeah it almost always is the forefront of a specific panel of a specific frame in anime in manga i know for a fact that if i'm watching an anime and i see food i know it's fake i know it is just fictional i know it's just an amalgamation of colors and drawings on a frame or on a panel but I want to eat it. If I've had, I've had omelet rice before, omelet rice, right? I've had, you know, uh, chanko nabe before. I've had yakitori. I've had a lot of food in general. Whenever like I've watched an anime and be like, yeah, I've eaten that before, but I haven't eaten that. I haven't eaten what's on screen before. It looks fucking amazing, and it hurts me that I'm never going to be able to eat it because Jesus Christ. We talk about perfection. We talk about flawless execution in anime and manga when it comes to portrayal of food. I want that. Uh, I'll be honest. I kind of want to have slime jerky. Yeah, dude. Like I want to. I want to eat griffin meat. Like I kind of want to just to like say I could. Like think about all the times in like One Piece where like they destroy like this massive boar or like a whale out of the fucking sea. Yeah, and think they... about it. Like Castle Fucking Vania, right? When that uh, when that huge ass meat. Or Toriko, I think, is yeah. one of those like legendary mangas and animes that, unfortunately for me personally, I have not seen or 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 or, or read it. But I, even I know of it, and I technically have not like read it or watched it in earnest. But I know of it through osmosis, right? Or it's like whenever like I watched or in high school host club, and they have like plates of cheesecake going along with a tea or a coffee. I want that cheesecake. Yeah. I want cheesecake right now. Yeah, it's like when you see apple pie and ice cream, right? It's like it, when it combines, it's like, bro, you can feel it. Like when you break open like, you know, a bag of chips or even you open a pot and the, the steam comes out and then you see what is underneath. It is those sensations that I think a lot of people have seen. And that kind of nostalgia and like recollection, 
it's so integral. It it also plays into what you're talking about with the whole visual element of food, right? The camera eats first, right? So in real life, of course, when we see it, it's very much, you know, the visual representations, how like the steam kind of cascades off of the hot food that you're eating. Right. When you're eating grilling or you're eating ice cream and that's like, you know, a slight you know, melted bit of ice cream just drips along the side of the cone. And you're like, oh, I want to lick that drip right now. You know, like, mm-hmm. I'll lick get, it off get, your get, hand get, right get, now. Get yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, give me the ice cream. You know, it's like, but it's like when you see that in anime, and anime has that magic where it really looks kind of good, but with anime magic animation, that good becomes fantastical. It's and, because of the fact that you can push beyond the extremes of what's meant to look fantastic. Yeah, and and we're biased, yes, but also, like, this is an anime uh, podcast, so what do you expect? One thing I will mention before we get to the break that I do want your take on is the the stepchild of food and drinks, the drinks. Now, I'm of the opinion that drinks is definitely within the gourmet genre, or at least within the realm of it, right? And it's not just my anime list we're talking here. But I do think... Because drinks are kind of hard to portray, whether it is in video games with water physics or in 3D anime with water physics or 2D, you just it's just really hard to capture that same feel and tone, right? Foley work is like a huge part of uh, anime and manga food and drinks, yeah. right? But to me, the fizz, okay, of carbonation, but like... It, it just doesn't look the same. Which is why I feel that when it comes to drinks, uh, the importance of how drink is portrayed in anime and manga comes not from the presentation of it, but the consumption and the reaction from it. Like, for example, with Bartender, right? Like, I haven't watched it, but I would imagine that, you know, the focus is not so much on actually the drink itself, but when you start mixing in one part liqueur, one part cherry, whatever, maraschino cherry, ice, whatnot, shake that shit up, present it, and they drink it, and then they have a fucking reaction. There's also another series I want to talk about later, um, which also focuses on the the, 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 the act of drinking tea and yes. what kind of comfort and memory. There's a shoujo um, manga series about matcha tea growing and tea leaf growing. So, like, all of that is like, but but listen... When your life is on the line and you're dead, what better than at the end of your life being judged? You have an awesome expressionless bartender making you your drink before you go off on a literal roller coaster determining your fate. Oh, man. That's such a good fucking series. And let me tell you, that drink in Death Parade, the first drink that they give like the female protagonist... Was it like a, it looks like a, it's like the galaxy was in that drink. Listen, I just dissed like drinks portrayed in anime and manga in general. You didn't really diss. I think it's more just like, it is, it actually is hard to fully represent it because you don't have that wider range where like you're seeing like a hot piping bowl of noodles or you have like this exquisitely cut piece of like salmon sashimi or you have this hot sizzling plate of of of, of steak in front of you it's yeah. just liquid in a glass and it's really hard to really push that aesthetic but you could still make a lot out of it through the actual act of making it and the act of consuming i it. mean what is your one of your favorite mangas of all time will i mean that it features schools yeah coffee's good coffee's great so so is human meat but 
what do you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, hey, don't look at me like that, okay? I had lunch. I'm still hungry. Okay, here we go. But listen, as much as I want to say more about anime and manga in the realm of food and drinks, we are going to take a break, right, Will? Yep. And have a drink of our own or like a sip of water. Yeah, we're not we're not actually like going to be like getting drunk. That that's for later on in the season. Right. But oh, I'm just going to take a break and chill. Grab some stuff. I don't know, whatever. Go into the break, we'll do something. <laughs> Second half of episode 74 of the Good Anime Palette podcast, where we talk about food and beverages for anime and manga, also known as the gourmet genre analysis. I am co host Jason. Will and I are drinking some beverage of sorts. I have cream soda. Oh, I'm out of cream soda. I'm drinking water. Just to be clear, though, for the uh, North American listeners, Hong Kong cream soda is not the same as your cream soda. Yeah, it's 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 like it it, it it's green first of all versus isn't uh, it more like brownish? No, 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 no. You're, oh, uh, yeah, the yeah. Schweppes one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the cream soda in 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 the U.S. and Canada is pink. Really? I At thought least... I had like brown cream soda. Like it almost looked like root beer, and it tastes a lot more syrupy. Oh, yeah. In my experience. Very syrupy. Whereas I would say... Oh, I might just be thinking pink is the can. It's pink. I don't know. Hey, I mean... I haven't had a good cream soda in a while. But I'm more biased towards, like, the Asian Schweppes cream soda. Okay, here we go. Here we go. It's definitely... Cheers my water against your soda water. I'll I'll say this, though. Uh, The the current uh, cream soda that we get in Hong Kong is not nearly as good as it used to be because they cut down the amount of sugar and put more synthetics in there. But to be fair... It used to have a shit, shit ton of sugar. That's like, why it tasted so good. Yeah, I know. Anyways, let's get back into anime and manga within the realm of gourmet. So, we're we, going to be going over some recommendations, but uh, spoiler alert, we're not recommending Food Wars because you probably already watched it. Yeah, and also we had a huge section dedicated towards it, and we already both recommended it anyways, but... Yeah. If you are interested in hearing what else the genre has to offer, again, we are trying our best not to have animes and or mangas that have food in it, but have it be more of a central focus. And I think all of these, in more ways than one for some of them, are related and associated with food and beverage. So, Will... Let's talk about our recommendations, starting with probably one of the more newer ones that we not only have mentioned recently, but I think both of us are actually really feel good about. It's newer in a sense that the English English. is very, very new. The first volume uh, from Kodansha only dropped uh, May 2023. We're talking about how to grill your love based on the ongoing manga series by Shiori Hanatsuka. Had to burp there because I drank some soda water. Who did the story and the art? I'm picking up what you're putting down. You. Well, it's a relay race, right? Uh, published in English by again Kodansha has a mal score seven point seven two, rank one six two six, popularity one zero nine four. So, quite a good in terms of score, right? 
quite good, very good. To yes. be fair. Yeah. Like it, it, it. It's actually like I, again. I think anything above a seven point five in like the manga realm on my anime list, that's a really good score. And uh, just to clear things up, because we will get into how what the story is about. This is not a yandere recipe book. Okay. This is a slice of life romance about grilling food. Think like grilling meat, like yakiniku. Or you know George Foreman grill type shit. Okay, yeah, this is not like a, an aside story for a Tokyo Ghoul or Happy Sugar Life. Okay, so I think uh, the story is similar with all of these slice of lives that are edutainment about cooking is somewhat uneventful. Uh, it is about Kenta, who is a thirty year old dude and kind of single, down on his luck. Just kind of not really feeling... Lacking confidence in a lot of things. Yeah, he's your typical, like, hardworking dude, but doesn't really have a lot of stimulation or interest in his life. Other than one thing, for a long time, his passion for grilling food. And it just so happens that one day, or one night, he meets Chihiro, who really fast, they seem to click, and uh, also really fast, they got married. When when there's an anime for this, definitely putting her front runner for Kuderi of the Year. Yeah, and the thing that I like about this anime, not only or no, sorry, this manga, because there is no anime yet. Although I think it would be a decent anime adaptation, actually. I think so. I'm thinking about which studio would do it. But before we get into that, let's talk about the, uh, the Yuru Camp Studio. But anyways, uh, what I am trying to say is Kenta and Chihiro not only bond as newlywed husband and wife that kind of got hitched at a whim and learn to really love each other in a very cutesy, fluffy way, but they almost every chapter incorporates some kind of grilling. And I have to admit, well, the manga is very educational. Very technical from the kind of charcoal they use, the grills they buy, the fact that they go camping one day and you're like, oh, this is awesome, but uh, there's no grill here. And they pull out a fucking portable fucking grill and immediately like they're like losing their shit over it. I lost my shit over it because I, mean, I love me a good. I have I have I have three portable grills. I mean, yeah, l- like let's also be clear and I we should have probably be upfront with this from in the very beginning of the episode, but... Will is, in my opinion, a connoisseur of food and is actually what I actually genuinely would consider him a, a, a foodie. Me, on the other hand, while I do like good food a lot, I'm a bit more lazy about things. And it's not to say that food preparation can be taxing, but it can also be planning ahead. I just don't. Uh, not to say that I. Should or should not. I just oh, don't. Man, I spend so much time planning out menus. Whenever I have friends coming over to have dinner and all that, I make sure to have at least like three, four courses with a dessert on the side as well. Yeah, like that doesn't like that registers in my mind, but that's just not something that I. Yeah, for me, like I, I take a lot of comfort in in cooking food and and and, and feeding people. I mean, and- fucking every time we have Korean barbecue, we just give you the tongs because we know a you will do a good job. B you act you love doing it, and C I can focus on other stuff. And knowing that there was good food coming. Yeah. And that's kind of what like resonates with me when watching How to Grill Your Love. Because both of them have this shared affinity with the simple act of putting meat on fire. 
Yeah. It's, it's as caveman as can be. Yeah. And I think one of the things that a lot of these edutainment shows do is they have Chihiro, in this case, being kind of the newbie and Kenta being the expert. And then because of that kind of mentor-mentee kind of uh, relationship, at least within the realm of cooking, you learn through osmosis all these important things that you probably never either paid attention to or you were never knew it could go to that level of detail. Man, you're getting me wanting to read this all over again. I mean, I, I just read volume five. It was great. Yeah, I actually want to start from the beginning and just to see that whole journey of two people who, on one hand, one person lacks confidence in talking to people. The other one just doesn't really like talking to people. But deep down, both of them are compassionate. They're both friendly. They just don't know how to go about expressing it. But they do that through the act of grilling. Yeah. Oh, and they also, uh, you know, very, very, very quickly, uh, insanely quickly, uh, they got married as well. Just like, yeah, what, what the fuck? Out of the blue. But it's like, I, I guess, like, this this love for food transcends everything else, and it's enough to bring these two people together. Now, realistically, would that happen? It, it, I've heard it happen before, but, like, it, it's a very rare occasion. And therefore, to be able to enjoy seeing this in print and hopefully in the future in anime form, I I can't wait uh, to see this getting animated. Actually, does it even have a live action? I don't think it does. Let, let me do live Googling. Does it? Let me see. Oops. Doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. It probably does, but I just can't find it at the moment. Okay, uh, we'll keep looking. But this manga is not only a very good manga in general, but within the realm of grilling, it is by far kind of the only one. It that... hits you in the stomach in terms of comfort, and it also hits you in the feels in terms of warmth. Yeah, and I think, look, the romance part, it does develop, and it is very cutesy, but it really takes a backseat towards uh, the grilling, and I think it complements the grilling thing. And um, the other thing is, I can't decide will whether or not the japanese literal translation is better than the english because the japanese literal translation is a rare marriage and i'm just like is that how you like your meat as well or I mean, are you more of a medium rare i'll be honest this might sound savage but if it's good meat i will i i'm always tempted to get rare and i usually do rare is no rare is completely fine it, it, it depends on the cut if it's a if it's not super fatty, like if you have a tenderloin, rare is completely fine. And I love tartare, especially like good tartare. Oh, so you have you ever had blue? I think blue is stupid. In my you opinion, might, you might as well either go full raw or like a little bit cooked. Right? Yeah, like I understand the whole point of blue, but to me, I just don't see the value in it. And then what about flame torched tuna? Or salmon, where they just like, like seared, but yeah. then there's the oil. Yeah, I can kind of see it, and it's also a very thin piece of fish too. Yeah. Whereas if you grab like a like a, you know like a 16 ounce steak, and you're gonna blue it, I'm just like, why just blue it then? Blue is essentially you just you just dab it into the grill. Yeah, it's like five seconds each side, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and to me, like you might as well just serve me raw because the texture of the rawness. Is more interesting that way. I mean, they go in depth with that with how to grill your, uh, our love as well, where they they talk about how to cook meat, 
to what well uh, to what doneness, what vegetables to cook on a grill that won't completely turn black when you grill it. There's just a lot of love about uh, how to grill our love. And I think one of like my favorite chapters is when they grill rice. Yeah. Oh God. I oh dude, a yaki onigiri is so good. Especially, especially, and only on charcoal grills. If you do it on like a regular like propane uh, grill, nah, nah, I'm not, I'm not eating. Yeah, because they definitely also go into that legitimately. Yeah. So, listen, it's I think one of the newest recommended ones within that genre that is so happy and easy to for me to recommend to people. So, how to grill your love slice of life manga is our first recommendation. Now, the next uh, next recommendation is actually more of a personal recommendation on my side, simply because one, I watched it last night, and two, Jason's probably never heard of the show before. It's called Yatsuro Biori, or the full title Rokuhoro Yatsuro Biori. Uh, it is a manga, an anime based on the ongoing manga series by Yushimitsu, who did both the story and art. The anime premiered back in spring 2018, produced by Zex. I still don't know how to pronounce it. It's uh, Z-E-X-E-S. Z- uh, C- uh, C-S. Oh, Zexies? Yeah, Zex. Zex. Uh, whatever it is. Something like that. We, we spelt it out. We did our due diligence. Yeah. So you're probably wondering, what the hell is this series? I've never heard of it before. Well, in terms of its score on my anime list, it holds a 7.64, which is very admirable. I think it's a very good score for it to have. Um, but what holds it back is the fact that it's not very popular. It only has 32,557 members, which means its popularity ranking is 3783. It's it, The fact that the manga does not have English publications, it's only in Japanese, means it is a very obscure choice for recommendation. I would say, though, that when it comes to talking about traditional Japanese cuisine culture and the history that goes behind Japanese food and drink this is a series that definitely warms the cockles of my heart so is it kind of like a in so actually yes so essentially it focuses around uh, four men uh, the owner is uh, Kyosui Toguku uh, who inherits uh, a Japanese style cafe which is like an inn from his grandfather which he manages with his four fr- uh, with his three friends uh gregorio valentino or gure i'm sorry can you say that again what yeah. wait wait okay okay no 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 i heard you but there's a foreigner awesome yeah. Yeah. let's go then there's also tokitaka uh, nagai and subaki nakao all of them have their own sort of like specialties, right? Uh, uh, Kyosui Toguku is very much rooted in history, in culture, and knows a lot about Japanese traditions, confectionaries, sweets, and just and, and tea. Uh, so he's very much sort of like the representation of the, the classic traditional idealistic way of consuming food. Uh, then you have uh, Gregorio or Gure, uh, who is um, the the he, he's he's the person that makes the coffee and the and the tea. Uh, is he you, the one that wears the glasses? No, he's the one that is. Uh, what colored hair? I'm looking the, at the poster right short now. Short black hair. Oh, okay. All right. Yep. Uh, so he's the one at the front. The long black hair is, uh, I believe, uh, Tokitaka, uh, who is like a, a high school classmate of uh, of of uh, Sui, and then. Oh, I see. Yep, he's like sort of like the main chef, the one who's also like very much front of house. And then you have uh, Tsubaki Nakao, uh, the redhead, who is the patissier, the the person who makes the sweets and confectionaries uh, for this uh, for this 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 establishment. 
Now, these are the two things that I really wanted to focus on in this series. One side, which is traditional classicism, and the other side, which is sweets. Not a lot of desserts get featured. Not enough desserts get featured. Now, I don't really have much of a sweet tooth, but when they go into the process of harvesting strawberries and making strawberry roll cake or grinding down matcha leaves to be able to make really, really good dango or rice cakes, there is a lot to appreciate in terms of looking into what it means to drink tea that's not just made from like matcha powder, but actually boiling down tea leaves and presenting it in a way that honors the tea leaves that have been picked by the farmers out in the, the boot ducks of, of, of Japan, or being able to represent really traditional snacks and, 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 and desserts. This is a series that was very comforting for me because the point wasn't just about the food. It was about the people that were eating it and drinking it. There was a lot of comfort from watching it. And I just liked the fact that rather than just focusing on hot cuisine or Michelin star foods and whatnot, this was a series that wanted to retain the identity of Japanese food, to be able to represent itself and give people an insight onto what it means to actually have Japanese food, whether it be tempura, whether it be dango, whether it be um, a as simple as a shortcake. Oh, I mean, I, I actually have never heard of this until you mentioned it. So I'm like looking all of this for the first time. That's why I'm kind of like staring at the mouth page. So it probably wouldn't have gotten much attention because that season, spring 2018, also had a uh, another really, really uh, popular gourmet. I mean, dude, Food Wars dropped that season as well. Which I think, one? I think it was season two. Season three. Season three. Okay, so, okay. But before the train arc. Right. I think season three was... Um, it was good. It was amazing. That was the rebellious side the, yeah. of, 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 of the art, of the food war, you know, pantheon. Okay. Okay, so are these four people, are they like classmates that, uh, that they knew? I mean, one of them you said was like... Sui and uh, Takitaka, uh, the, the the long black haired. Uh, the, the, both of them are classmates. So they've grown up together. I think they knew each other from like uh, elementary or middle school. Uh, and the other thing that I like about the series is they have cats. Yeah, yeah. Cats. Can, can, can we mention uh, how awesome are, is the cat? Is it cat or cats? Uh, there, There's a main cat and then there are supporting cats. Okay, so like the main cat, this guy uh, with the uh, the red bow tie, does he have a name? Yes. Is it dude or a girl? Uh, it's, uh, oh, I think they leave that. Uh, uh, ambiguous, but what's the name? Mochi? Kinako. Okay. Kinako. You ever had Kinako before? It's like a toasted soy flour. It's not that you have it on top of like tofu. It's not that you have it on top of like mochi or dango. It, it, it's a very light and sweet kind of dusty flavor. You might have, if you see it, you probably know what I mean. It's not like, bon- does it look a little bit like bonito flakes? No, it, it's it's just a fine powder. Oh, I remember. Li- oh, yeah, I don't like that. I, I'm okay with it. But I mean, it's called, yeah, it's called kinako because it's the same shade of color. Because it reminds me of um like the peanut but like peanut, uh, yes. like the ones that like tompala, which is yeah, like a yeah, Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't like that. Yeah. Um, also, it gets like dusty and. I mean, it's it literally just powdered. Like it, it's powdered soybean. Yeah. That's but why I get, it's, I get yeah. messy and stuff. Okay. So 
but it's also interesting you mentioned that it's like Western confectionery, right? Not not Western all the time because again, it's like there are like strawberry roll cakes, but a lot of them are like still very much rooted in like so basically using like azuki beans to make like matcha soft serve ice cream uh, to pair with matcha soft serve ice cream. Dope. That sounds that sounds uh, shut the fuck up. That sounds dope. Yeah, they even have episodes where it's like they bring in like somebody who's like the granddaughter of like a tea house, and they they really go into like the different tea leaves they use to make their blend and just basically showcasing like local produce and all that. I, it's, it, it's what weird. region? Uh, I actually don't know. I, I, I do not know where in Japan this is. They never actually explicitly say. Okay. So but, it's not like it's, they're but, highlighting a specific region. I think it's somewhere near Tokyo because there's an episode where they talk about going to Shizuoka, which is about like two hours, like, west of it and they're like oh oh Shizuoka that's that's kind of far from here but right. not so far but they're able to drive so I, I would imagine that they're in like the Kanto region right so it's not like in uh, Osaka no, or it's not in like Okinawa you know like it's not in the west it's not on the islands right yeah yeah I, I was just trying to like fair because technically a lot of these like edutainments they focus on a certain region for example and then it highlights it and then all of a sudden tourism goes through the roof because of it you know so i, I don't that, know that's actually what happens here as well because they're a really small inn and then all of a sudden like more and more people start finding out about it and it's the ascension of like the popularity behind this uh this tea house inn it, it, it also aesthetically it's beautiful it's like the way that they have like the tea house built up is that like, they have a grand and en- a grand it's like a small little wooden entrance but then like as you walk along that path um do you remember um that scene from uh, Garner words, yes, mm-hmm. with, the, with the bamboo on the side, yes, it's like that, but with less blood. <laughs> it's just, it's you mean Garner sinners, it, you mean? Yeah, I said Garner words, Garner sinners. Okay, yeah. I, I was half right with the garden part, and I was half right in assuming you're talking about that one. Yeah, yeah, um, but so yeah, it, it's half it, half meets a whole. Okay, yeah. So I think that it's just the fact that it got released in the season when, like. You know, Food Wars was still very much at the forefront of everyone's TV screen when it came to gourmet anime. But I, I would definitely give this a recommendation. Like, like eight out of ten. Eight out of ten, absolutely. So, so solid, basically solid can't, entry. You can't go wrong with it. If you, one cur, if you want right? to go into, yeah, only one cur. Uh, there is no romantic subtext or anywhere, right? No, because it's just four dudes just. Being dudes, making good food, it's being a hospitable. It's a saying that. It, it's definitely for a more mature, in, in the sense that, like, more grown-up demographic. But I've, I find that it's it's got that good blend of workplace and Iyashike. I mean, I put plan to watch right there. So it, it's it's comfy. It's very comfy. Awesome. And the comedy beats are are okay. They're not they're not amazing, but they're they're great. I, I don't mean, think it's the core focus. I mean, as long as it's like not offensive or not overdone these kinds of slice of life shows just has to have some sort of light-hearted comedy of sorts so i get it like that's fine yeah so uh, the next uh yeah i think i think we can move on to the next one then oh before um i go into the next one though i i have to mention one thing there is a particular manga series that is actually so influential in the gourmet anime manga sphere it actually has penetrated that and has impact on the world. Drops of God oh, yeah. is actually... I just want to give a special shout-out on the side to Drops of God, which is a long-running manga series, and it even has a sequel, and now an Apple TV live-action series. But uh, it's about you know wine and sommeliers, and it is so influential that it literally altered the price and just the fanfare of 
appreciating wine and being a sommelier. Literally, especially in Japan, and especially like I think France had like a very conscious like wine magazine that specifically said, or like wineries, were, like vineyards were like, no, 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 drops of God impacted our sales or something like that. Like it is that influential. So, side note to that, I I don't have the article in front of me, but I know it actually had an impact. Should right. we talk about a series that I'm familiar with, but haven't read or watched, but you are very familiar with, Sweetness and Lightning? All right. Sweetness and Lightning. It is an extremely good anime and manga. It is based on the completed manga series of the same name by Guido Amakagure, who did the story and the art. 12 volumes, 63 chapters, simulpub in English by Crunchyroll since 2015. But now Kodansha published the series in ebook and physically as well. It premiered in summer 2016, produced by TMS Entertainment. And uh, the interesting thing is the anime has a score of 7.53. Uh, manga has a score of 8.13. But the popularity, though, of the anime is 739. And uh, that's pretty high for the anime. 314,000 members for the anime, whereas there's 24,000 members for the manga. But that still puts it at like 709. For yeah. The manga. So that kind of shows you the gulf in terms of membership in like any manga property versus anime. It's just that much magnitude's difference. But yeah. So to my understanding, this, this series starts with grief, right? Yes. Um, it's not a spoiler because it literally happens like right away. And it's revealed right away is um, a certain husband's wife and a certain daughter's mom passes away. And essentially, it is about a single dad trying to raise his daughter and struggling. But they somehow, I think he's a teacher. Yeah, high school teacher. And he befriends essentially this high school student. Now, I know... It sounds really wrong. I know, wrong. it sounds really wrong. And I guess in a very IRL situation, you probably not want to venture down this road. But thankfully, none of that bad stuff, at least in this, only this particular scenario, I can safely say that the story is fine in that realm. So essentially, this girl, uh, I think, is uh, Kotori. And uh, she and her family owns like a... Uh, a diner of sorts. And he essentially, the teacher, being extremely tired all the time because he has to take, to take care of the kid. The kid is, again, five years old, dude. Tsumugi. Can you think about it? Like five years old, you are a teacher. You're a single dad. Like, how are you going to do this? So, long story short, when the kid gets off of kindergarten... Uh, she hangs out at the diner. After school, Lida would go and babysit in the diner and then cook food in preparation for Kyohei, the teacher, to come. And basically they bond because Kotori is kind of her lonesome. She's like kind of her family is always busy. Well, it's because her, her mom runs a restaurant, right? Right. I mean... I'll be honest, like food and like F&B people, especially during COVID times, it's like, it's tough. It's tough work more so now with COVID, right? And I think, Will, you, you, you 
know it takes a long time to prepare and cook food. I mean, I wanted to go into culinary school when I was a kid. Oh, really? I didn't know that shit. If I didn't get into college, I was going to go down to the culinary school route. Which one? Uh, Cordon Bleu. I have no idea. I don't even know why I asked because I literally have no idea. Cordon Bleu in France. You're going to learn French? Why not? I wanted to learn bread. Well, you're Canadian, so I guess that kind of makes that sense. That has nothing to do with it. I'm going to learn French. <laughs> All right, shit. Okay, anyways, um, you work long hours when you work in the food and beverage industry. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And it's hard work, too. It's, it's hard for the kids, especially because of the fact that like your life depends on the success of the restaurant. And that does mean you have to, I mean, I've 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 known like, you know, our, our parents have worked hard before. And for them to focus on their career, there have to be some sacrifices. And unfortunately, you know, family does go by the wayside in, in, in a lot of aspects. You know, when you're your dad and your mom's not around and whenever they isn't are there, there a term for like kids where uh their parents work late and then they have to kind of either do the chores like there is an actual i mean it's not absent parents right because no, 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 no. they're actually no, no. not in their lives like there's like like latchkey kid or something i think hold on anyways um i don't think that's important but um yeah, yeah. uh but so basically this dad decides they what good to the restaurant Katari yeah. invites them to uh uh ida uh mm-hmm. the student um is she any good at cooking no She's also just as bad as him. Yes. So what do they do? Well, he cooks well. They cook well together because they bond together. They are a pseudo family that bonds through the preparation of food. And let me just say, the the daughter is like probably second or third in line for the cutest girl in anime existence. I think... Close to number one would be the uh, Nonon Biori girl. Mm. I think another one that is extremely high up there would be um, Anya. Anya. I think a third one and fourth. Oh, God. There's like so many that are just so adorable. But Lightning is extremely adorable. Right. So what I gather from this show, the the the... the whilst the core of it is centered around food, right? It's more... Rather than talking about how food tastes, how it looks, it's more about bringing people together. Correct. It is more about a group of people, in this case, a family of a single father and a daughter with a high school girl that technically have no relation to each other other than happy stance and also, I guess, at like going to the same school as the teacher. But they bond due to shared experience of eating together i think the edutainment part is i would say on the weaker side but it is still prevalent and i think it is more uh the association and the memory that you have when sharing a meal with someone else and bonding through that catching up through that you know there is um a kind of familial bond essentially is what it is and it is extremely sweet and extremely adorable. At least I can speak on the anime front. I haven't finished the manga yet. So maybe, you know, with 12, 13 volumes, right? There are 12 volumes. There is a lot of room to kind of develop things, I suppose. I have no idea whether it is kind of the formula repeats. But what I can say is that it is an extremely comfy show. And you will never go wrong with Sweetness and Lightning. 
Now on to the next one, which is uh, the 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 first so far that we've talked about in terms of a gourmet isekai, Restaurant to Another World, currently with two seasons, based on the ongoing light novel series of the same name by Katsumi Inami, who did the art, and Junpei Unazuka, uh, Unazuka, sorry, who did the story. Now the light novel was published in English by Seven Seas Entertainment, and the manga adaptation was published in English by Yen Press and Kadokawa. The first season came out in summer 2017 and produced by Silverlink, but the second season was out in fall 2021 and produced by OLM. Now, both series do pretty admirably well in terms of the scores, right? Season 1, 7.39. Season 2, 7.76. Both of, you know, decent popularity. 945 for the, the first season, 2133 for the second season. Let's just say it it's pretty popular. Yeah, and I think the sequel syndrome... It follows the same trajectory of yeah. a higher mouse score, but lower popularity. But I don't think that is necessarily indicative of the quality, right? right. So, restaurant to another world. So, isekai for sure, right? Like, how did the, how does the isekai element work in restaurant to another world? Essentially, the I'll just give you the premise, which is very simple. There is a diner, a literal diner, that the door is connected to all sorts of different dimensions. And I think every seven days in in all over different dimensions, there's a door. Once you open it, you come into the diner. So you get a lot of patrons that are from different dimensions and are of different mythical uh, and, you know, plain clothes status. I think there's like a vampire in one of them, or maybe it's... it's uh, there's a, a demon, a there's figure, dragons, yeah. there is a god. It's kind of crazy. But... What this highlights, and why I want to recommend this, is because the food that they advertise on the show, or they kind of display, because each episode is the name of the dish. And there are multiple dishes or multiple vignettes. The thing is, well, I'm sure there, when you eat something amazing for the first time that you are, you think it's kind of weird, it looks weird, and you're like... Doing like for example, there's an episode about Jello, and they like poke it. An elf like pokes the Jello, tries to figure out what it is. Then the foley work of like scooping it and then putting it in your mouth, and then literally every character has a food gasm. This is Restaurant to Another World in a nutshell, and it is also one of those animes where everyone puts their burdens and their grudges at the door and then when they come in they just eat good food and have a good time and everyone just gets along with everyone and it's kind of like a a neutral zone because everyone is in agreement that this place is so sacred is so awesome yet is food like like a like a brioche bun is like a something that in for certain people they've never seen it before or you know, like a tomato stew. Mm-hmm. Things that are commonplace for us when you see others exposed for the for the first time and the look on their faces of jubilation, elation, and curiosity is just really comforting and really nice. Of course, there are side stories about certain main characters or certain rotating casts. But you kind of need that in any show, really. Yeah, and it's kind of not the focus. It's really about the food. And I think one of the things that's so interesting is when you are seeing a new dish for the first time, as in like, you know, an elf character or an explorer or a peasant or a knight 
or mystical being or dragon. Like, you and I would look at a bowl of jello and just knows what to do. We look at a, a steak sandwich or a pork cutlet and we know what to do. But imagine if it's the first time you've seen anything like it. The curiosity, the, all those different sensations. And I think Restaurant to Another World captures it so well. Is it outstanding anime? Not really. Is it wonderful animation? I mean, let me tell you, they put a lot of work in the Foley work and the way that the food looks. But it's also not crazy, like, Saguka moments. But it's also really comforting. And it doesn't need those Saguka moments, right? Yeah. Because the, the food is, first and foremost, the most important thing. Yeah, there are side stories about trying to find and unlock the mysteries behind the diner. But really, it's, like, tangential and unrelated. Yeah. And at the end of the day, there are, like, people that are villains or antagonists towards one another. But then they go and have a beer at this restaurant as if, like, they were best buds. And then once they leave, they go fight each other again. Like, it's that kind of weird mishmash and foodgasms that I just really like Restaurant to Another World. Yeah. So Restaurant to Another World, or the Japanese name, Isekai Shokudo, uh, should not be mistaken for another series of a similar premise, uh, Isekai... Uh, Isekai, uh, yeah, Nobu Isekai, uh, Nobu Isekai, or Isekai uh, Isekai. Um, so similar premise. Um, I think they both released in the same year. Um, yes. The one I'm talking about here uh, is Noene that was done by Sunrise back in 2018. Um, but I heard good things about that one, too. The Nobu one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, I, I heard lots of good things, too. I just like Restaurant to Another World because that mysticism and fantastical element while also seeing foodgasms and common foods that we know and them trying to like figure out how to use it. It's kind of funny, kind of nice. That's really good. You know what else is also nice? I don't know. Ramen. Yeah. Should we talk about Miss Kozumi loves ramen noodles? All right. Let's do it. This is your wheelhouse because I know... I mean, we both love ramen, but you have a soft spot for Miss Kozumi. Uh, yeah. I also have a soft spot for ramen based on the ongoing manga series of the same name by Naru Narumi, who did the story and the art, published in English by Dark Horse Comics. Uh, premiered in winter 2018, produced by Studio Gokumi and Axis. I'm gonna say 2018 saw like Food Wars, Yotsuro Biori saw Restaurant from Another World. It saw Nobu Sakaya. Like what's and, up with that? And now we've got Miss Kazumi loves ramen noodles. Yeah, I I, I mean, it, I don't know. Like, I guess they all wanted it to all show up in one go. So here's the thing. Uh, the mouse score, though, is a 6.73. The anime uh, has a mouse score of 6.55. Not great. Not great. So why do I have it in here? Uh, it's purely because I love ramen. Like, I, 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 I fucking love ramen. I mean, so, it literally makes up, like, 20% of the title, right? Like, yeah. Ramen is probably going to be, like, the main focus of the series i literally had a four-day trip with a bunch of bros where we ate around 30 bowls of ramen and how many of those did you throw up a good amount but then you know what we did right after we threw up replaced it with more ramen exactly we ate like three like five six bowls of ramen a day it was just us lining up in the cold eating ramen and chilling out it was great but one thing i like about Miss Kazumi loves ramen noodles is not the premise, which is there is this kudere, very unassuming person, 
called Koizumi. Okay? She is very mysterious. But the moment she goes to all these ramen shops, she unwinds and takes ramen so seriously. It's like Love is War Season 1 Chica, but like that for like a whole cur of anime. Of course, there are side characters. There's like four, I think four or five girls that are like high school friends that they can't befriend each other. But to me, why I like this is not only because I like ramen noodles, but because they actually go hardcore into the different regions and the intricacies of ramen noodles. So we not only have your typical like uh, salt-based ramen noodle soup, soy-based miso, as well as um, uh, pork bone. But they go a step further. They go like, well, what about uh, the jury? Is it Jiro uh, ramen, which is like they pile like a lot of uh, bean sprouts and it's really thick uh, soup-based. Then they talk about like there was one about black garlic and they talk about different regions of at, uh, ramen noodles to the point where if it is not a very good anime, which it kind of is not, you're sold on watching and eating ramen anyways. Yeah, speaking of which, have you ever been to the ramen museums before? I've been to one. There's like there's a ramen museum in every single major city in Japan. Yeah. Just but- because it's like they want to feature every regional specialty of, of ramen, whether it is like made out of bonito, like the, the broth, whether it's like a, 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 a tonkotsu bonito uh, mixture, whether it's soy miso, whether it is just like so, my low key, my favorite ramen soup base is shio. Oh, salt? S- salt ramen. Yeah. There is one I do want to try, though. Uh, I've, tr- I've eaten all of them except for one lemon ramen. Oh, I, I, I've never eaten that, too, but I, I'm intrigued. Uh, my favorite would probably be chicken stock, but yeah. like, like the almost it looks like cream. Python. Yeah. Tori Python. And I like um, dipping noodles. Skimen. Skimen. It's it's the main. It's I like skimen over uh like ramen, ramen, like soup ramen. Oof, that's a tough one for me. I I think I'd stick with the ramen just because I like I, I like the mixture of the two in one go. But hey, look, it's it, it's they're both great. Uh, I think this anime and manga is a sh- a show that highlights the product, the food product, as well as is one of those where it's more of like a tourist advertisement than an actual one about a good anime or manga. But I think, A, when you read that title, you're not expecting it to really wow you on the character development front. You're not expecting to be jaw-dropped by the visuals. You're expecting ramen. And let me tell you, in that one domain, it is flawless. They spend endless amounts of time talking about it. You would want to go and eat ramen afterwards. You want to know all these different specialties and regional, like, uh, hardcore different soup bases. The etiquette, even, of slurping noodles the etiquette of ordering even all of that is covered in this anime and i think is it a very good anime for ramen noodles yes is it a very good anime it's all right Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I, I would say that like with these kinds of very specific anime series, you could be forgiven for having a score that quote unquote low. Because again, it's like if you're not watching it for the ramen, then you're definitely not going to enjoy the show. Right. But if you're telling me that your anime is about ramen noodles, it's in your name, and you fuck up the ramen noodle portion, then what the what are you doing? But I can say at least Miss Koizumi loves ramen noodles. She really loves ramen noodles. Yeah. I so when you were talking about like this being kind of like a, an advertisement for like ramen shops around Japan and whatnot, I actually do want to give like a quick shout out uh, to one of my personal favorite manga series, which unfortunately uh, does not have an English adaptation. But I did watch the live action, uh, Kokudo uh, no Gourmet or Solitary Gourmet. It's about a salary man that literally just eats at mom and pa shops, but features loads of different restaurants uh, across Japan. There's like nine, ten seasons of it. And at the end of each episode, they actually bring the mangaka uh, on board and then he actually like eats at the restaurants that he features. Oh, so it's like uh, that bathhouse Therme Rome where at the end, like post credits, they will have like a travel segment. I think like that's great, honestly. Yeah. It, it, it's really cool but i mean unfortunately it's it's really hard to get i i watch it in like chinese subs because i can watch it here uh there probably is like you know some platform that has it in english subs but it's really hard to find and there was uh an ona that uh, premiered back in 2017 but it only aired on production ig's tate anime app so it's no longer available what i know they had as they actually had their own app for their own anime and how did that pan out? Uh, I, I don't even know if the platform exists anymore. So, yeah. Well, let us know uh, in, uh, if you've if, if there is a way to access it. I haven't seen it. But I like the whole concept of, and I think everyone, like, it's the Iyash, Inyash, Iyashike. Iyashike, mo- yeah. I, I keep mixing it up with Inyashike. Yeah, there's no N-U. It's just yeah. Iyashike. Of course, Jason with the pronunciations. Uh, it's, it's tried and true, right? Pronunciations. Pronunciations. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, sorry, just kidding. Uh, I did fuck up the pronunciation, though. Um, the whole of being very tired, worn out. I think with Sweetness and Lightning, it was you know due to a traumatic event or being your lonesome when your family's working, right? Yeah. With uh, the Biori one, it, I think it's a little bit more like taking care of uh, of whether it's your ingredients or whether it is the dish, as well as just And being, also focusing on hospitality, too. Yeah, exactly. Accommodating, right? Like, a lot of these inns are known for how to grill your love is bonding through a mutual Passion, cooking yeah. process. Surprise, surprise. All of these are using food to bond or to better oneself, state of mind, or, or physical well-being. And I think the sa- typical salary man being tired but then having probably just hot miso soup to start and then you know like you know an oolong pork. tea or a beer to go along with it yeah. like a shogayaki like a ginger pork along Dude, with a hot bowl of rice that just sounds great and i think that kind of premise is is what it's at the root and foundation of any gourmet anime and manga that and also one thing i like to highlight about uh solitary gourmet eating alone is awesome I sometimes I I definitely love to have like you know food parties. I definitely love to have like people come over and enjoy meals, or we go out and we wine and dine. But sometimes whenever I get to go out and just have a meal on my own, oh, it is like my moment of solitude and and, and comfort and yeah, happiness. Be- because you don't have to necessarily 
feel the need to be considerate or inconsiderate to others. I mean, actually, you I'm, probably I'm, should yeah. be considerate to like other patrons of the restaurant, but, but not, not to like your guests or whoever you're eating right, with. You right? don't have to worry about that. You don't have to be burdened. It's like others, like the chef and the waiters are like taking care of you. I get to eat in my time, in my style, and order whatever the hell I want. And if you're like me and you sweat a lot when you eat spicy food, when you could actually eat it, but you look like you're dying, uh, I generally don't do that in front of others because it looks like I am literally dying. Yep. So what we've talked about so far, great. Food is awesome. Anime is awesome. So food anime must be awesome, right? What else do we have to look forward to for the future of gourmet anime? So this will be a, a somewhat shorter section, but there's actually two gourmet-oriented shows that are releasing, whether it is right around this of recording, uh, re- uh, releasing or within 2024 that I want to highlight. The first one, Dungeon Meshi, Delicious in Dungeon. We have already talked about it for ASAP. Studio Trigger is going to fucking ball out with this shit. And here's the thing. Didn't they announce Double Cur, I yep. think? And that's insane. Netflix picked it up. I did not expect that either, but it seems like Netflix is doing pretty well these days, at least on the anime front. So I'm excited for Delicious in Dungeon, and you can bet your ass that Will and I are going to watch it and gush about it very likely. It's going to be great. And then we also talked about a a little brief mention about Bartender, which was like back in 2006 when it first released. So it's coming back. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I couldn't really find Bartender or at least like not. I just it. And I think drinks involving. I don't know. I just think like alcoholic drinks is also like it's other weird like subgenre because technically please drink responsibly. Uh, please drink responsibly. But Bartender, the original show, to my knowledge, because I don't think even the manga, which is uh, done by uh, Kenji Nakatomo, who uh, did the art as well as Araki Joe, who did the story, is... I, I think it's one of those where it's like, you know, you think about the bartender cleaning the glass and you're like the only one at like uh, the bar and then you just trade stories... And it becomes all like philosophical and existential. And it's just talking about your worries, like playing therapist in a way while drinking a really good mixed drink done by the bartender in front of you. That to me is what bartender, at least in concept, should be. Now, in spring 2024, Bartender Glass of God, produced by Studio Liber. And it is, to my knowledge, a remake of the fall 2016 anime by Palm Studio. I have no idea how well... Or bad it will do, because there isn't really much. But I will give you this. Yep. Bartender is predominantly an episodic series. So you're going to have different clientele, different drinks. And the story revolves around solving problems through having the right drink. Alcohol is not depicted as a potential problem that could have negative effects, like drunkenness, nausea, right. starting fights, and all that. Instead, quote-unquote, Bartender insists the right drink at the right time is about starting an earnest conversation with oneself. Is that the stu- is that the plot synopsis of the 2016 show? No, that's just a, a screen cap from Wikipedia. Oh, okay. But it's actually it, it, actually in the article it's quote unquote. So it must have been quoted by either the illustrator or the writer or someone connected to Bartender. But I think that kind of concept is is like 
quite needed these days in time of turmoil and chaos, right? I mean, it's a seinen, right? So for sure, this is marketing towards people who, first of all, are of our legal drinking, drinking age. age. Yeah, and we want to be. We want to be second, clear. People who need to have a drink, but you also need to think about in what context and situation do you need that drink? Are you trying to, you know, alleviate stress from work? Are you dealing with a bad breakup? Do you have something that's going on that's really bothering you, and you know, having that, you know, that. That sobriety, like that, that sober fucking lubricant, is enough to basically break you out of that rut. Yeah. Like, who knows what bartender glass of God will offer? But what we can do is offer our take when it premieres, because I definitely will be watching it. I'm curious. I'm very curious. Yep. Set for April 2024, and Crunchyroll is licensing the series. Yep. So those are our two future offerings in the gourmet genre. I'm sure there's more and. In the past and in the in the future, but those are the two that I just want to highlight to kind of put every on everyone's radar. So, anything else, Will, that you want to talk about before we go into my show notes housekeeping? Let's do that. Show All notes. right. So, thank you for listening to this episode of the Good Anime Pal Podcast. Uh, we release episodes three times a month, but our main numbered episodes every two weeks. If you want to. We would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating or review on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, thank you for listening nonetheless. If you don't want to leave it, it's all good. If you want to contact us, we have all the various ways that you can contact us in the show description. But we also have a website. We encourage you to check it out, www.goodanimepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. Music credits for this episode. Our intro music is Flow To It by Taipa. Our break music is Laser Drops by Hip Color, and our outro music is 2011 by Rocket Jr. You can support the music artists that we feature by listening to them on Spotify, Apple Music, or your music listening platform of choice. And Epidemic Sound provided all of our royalty-free music. If you're interested, you can sign up using our referral link in the show description. Terms and conditions apply. I hate this episode. Why? Mainly because after doing it, I'm really fucking hungry now. Well, I'm, I'm so hungry. I mean, I, we we had lunch like an hour and a half, two hours ago. But goddamn, like talking about shogoyaki, uh, uh, which is like the ginger pork. Talking about tempura udon. Talking about ramen. Talking about curry rice. Talking about grilling and all that. Oh goddamn, I want to eat. I want to eat so bad. Oh goddamn. I'm just trying to think. Like, what is there to offer in the realm of gourmet genre? Or I think actually now I think about it, the better question is. Is there a problem if the status quo is maintained? I think that what we can at least depend on with gourmet, if it goes with like specific types of gourmet, like food or beverage, that it will at least maintain consistency. Like right. If, if you have a series that talks about traditional Japanese cuisine, something that's more focused on Western cuisine, something that's more focused on the history of food, uh, the actual inner workings of a restaurant, or like, for example, bartender, what the purpose of food and drink does in terms of soothing one's soul, solving one's problems, creating comforts and whatnot. The thing with gourmet, and I think that Food Wars is an anomaly in this because it just blasted a genre into fucking like the stratosphere. But generally, I don't think that gourmet needs to do much else other than just to keep doing what it does. I think if there is a like an area within gourmet that I would want to see more of, it is the different poles of 
gourmet. Like we we haven't seen like fine dining, and I, I'm excluding Shogugeki no Soma here. Like one that is more focused on the trials and tribulations of running a high end establishment. And on the other hand, we don't have that much focus on essentially someone trying to open or you know the hole in the wall trying to make i mean not like rags to riches underdog story we get tons of that but more of like um the intricacies of running a business yeah i I think with that though it ventures more into the workplace as opposed to the gourmet the gourmet will still play an effect but i think that when you're talking about opening a restaurant how to maintain a michelin star or even how to stay afloat in like COVID times or even just a really rough and tumble f&b business yeah i think the 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 workplace element would take the forefront um but i do want to see those kinds of shows just because of the fact that like you want to talk about high stress, like high octane fucking drama, work in a restaurant. Yeah. It's because, fucking nuts. Because I also think that the IRL live action like medium has done that. The Bear. The Bear is one of the greatest shows I've seen live action, and it is absolutely phenomenal. And it focuses on exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. The food, nobody really cares about the food. It's what happens when you work in a restaurant, when you try and open a restaurant, and how you maintain the survivability of the restaurant. Then you have like the more food porn, everything in slow motion with classical music, with you know documentaries like Chef's Table. Then you have reality TV trash with you know Kitchen Nightmare and you know Master Chef and stuff like that. I just feel well, like when we say trash, we mean it's like I mean I love it. We're 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 gonna call reality TV shows trash. We we love that trash. I I watched almost all of Master Chef. Uh, it, it's US. good. It's good. I like it. And Iron Chef is great. But I just feel like there is still untapped potential. But even if they keep status quo, they're still good shows. And I think uh, that is a good time to peace out for this episode. Go get yourself a bowl of ramen, plate of sushi, katsu curry, whatever floats your boat. It doesn't have to be Japanese food. Yeah. To be fair, honestly, though, like I think like just to wrap it up, Japanese food, Japanese cuisine, definitely top three for you, right? Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I think that there's a lot of cuisines that within Japan that. Uh, I mean, you're kind of putting me on the spot. Actually, that's a tough question to answer. But uh, I might give you my answer next time. How about that? Sounds good. We can talk about it over a bowl of ramen. Sure. <laughs>